everybody, and welcome to Good Luck High Five, episode 560. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you're like, wow, there's new kinds of boosters, <laughs> or you're like, I didn't know that yet. We are here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. Yeah, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about the biggest change to boosters in the history of Magic the Gathering, uh, which was just announced today, the day that we're recording this podcast. And yeah. we want to let you in on the information, tell you what we think about it, how it might affect Limited, which is our favorite way to play the game, and maybe yours too. Uh, and just like, you know, let you know what the haps are. We're also going to get in on the fun. You know, we figure there's so many things these days that can be a universes beyond. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to go ahead and pitch some universes beyond that we are, we're quite frankly, are shocked. 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 I'm shocked. Have not happened yet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, say exactly what kind of cards we would anticipate being in them. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, maybe some people are listening, you know. Yeah, exactly. You, you never know. Uh, our ideas are gold and... Uh, Absolutely. There are there are no flaws in no them. No flaws. We've never there had a flawed idea. There are 10 out of 10 ideas. <laughs> I have never been wrong about anything. And you can quote me on that. It's the name of my uh, memoir. <laughs> that is, of course, going to become a New York Times bestseller. Um, also... I feel like we have to take this moment to acknowledge yeah. this might be the first time in the history of us knowing each other that my hair has been longer than yours. <laughs> I legitimately think that. No way. My hair has been this short before. It has. But it has mine been, but I think that mine has possibly been shorter at that time. Oh, was it? Okay. Um, yeah. Gosh, wow, that's this is a historic moment, everybody. Listeners, I hope you're, you know, braced yourself for the history of this moment. Of this moment. Like I truly think that that might be the case. Wow. I know. That's spooky. Yeah, I it cut my hair, I cut my hairs off, is. everybody, but not too, not that short. You might be thinking that it's like I shaved my head. That didn't happen. No. <laughs> I just I just gave him a little, a little fall chop, if you will. Um, we're recording remote again today and we That's will right. be everybody for the next, uh, few weeks here mm -hmm. because Megan, um, is in Rhode Island. That's um, right. Beautiful doing very exciting Rhode Island. things. You know, there's fall colors. It's gorgeous. There's ducks. <laughs> you say you know. that like other p places don't have ducks. <laughs> okay. But like I, where I'm staying, I can see a duck basically whenever I want. Wow. Sick break. I know. <laughs> no. So I want you to consider that. Like, can you see a duck? Like, if you At wanted to see a duck right now, how long would it take you to find like a physical a physical duck to look at. I'm, you know, during the summer, I would think it would be pretty easy. Just go to a yeah. lake in Minnesota. You'd probably find a duck of yeah. some variety, but now they're like flying away. So maybe, maybe it would take me a minute. Like I can't just go to the zoo. They don't like have a duck exhibit. <laughs> hey everyone. Welcome to the zoo. Uh, did you want to look at ducks? <laughs> a bird that you can see at any body of water that you go to? Like they, Here, had, they had to shut down home. the duck exhibit because like everybody hated it. Um, <laughs> you know what? It might take me. I honestly don't know if you're like, Maria, you need to find a duck in 10 minutes. I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I think 10 minutes you could. But I'm saying that my time to eyes on a duck how, how is long? like... 30 seconds why is it so short what is going on over there <laughs> there's like a river like right there oh, okay <laughs> i think i could walk to the window that's in front of me potentially look out at it at the river and see a duck <laughs> so i i could be i could honestly be 15 seconds from a duck wow sighting. you are 15 seconds I from know. a duck hey, i'm living in abundance <laughs> listeners if you are less than 15 seconds from a duck please let us know uh, yeah. what your time to duck ratio is and mm. why it's so low <laughs> Because, yeah, I was just curious. <laughs> yep. Want to know. We want to know. Um, before we get started on today's episode, um, one, we need you to go and calculate your time to duck. Yep. Yep. And two, there's some people that we have to thank. And first and foremost amongst them are you, the listeners of this podcast, and especially the patrons of this podcast. Yes, we celebrate each and every person that helps make this show uh, every single week over on patreon.com slash glhfmagic. We'd love to have you join our family and a huge enormous thank you if you're already part of our family and you've been supporting us because you truly do. Do make it happen in person or virtual. You make all of that possible. Yes. Thank you, especially this week to Jacob. Yay, Jacob. Jacob, you are great. 
Jake, because. Wow. Jake, Jake. I'm let you struggle. Become, be, be Jacobs. <laughs> I thought in my head, nope. I swore this worked. <laughs> like I thought. I thought that it was working until I said it and realized that it was not working. I'll, you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say we're on team Jacob for you joining our Patreon. How about that? You're, but that's, but where's the pun? Well, it's not a pun. It's just a, a Twilight reference. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. We are hashtag, we are hashtag team Jacob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to shout out as glorious as that, please become a new patron before we record our next episode and you will have a, a pun or a Twilight reference. One of the two. We think you're great just because. Nope. See, it's, you know, no matter how you try and do it. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. But yeah, I understand okay. where yeah. it's coming from. You know, I'm here for the in my head. In my head, it was like a home run. <laughs> Instead, it was a foul ball. Yes. It's a foul ball. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, join us, everybody. Uh, we'd love to have you. And you actually do make the show happen. So uh, get access to our sweet Discord and other benefits. Patreon.com slash Magic. Oh man, foul foul ball story. Oh, I did not right. know until um obvious I'm sure many people were introduced to the story via the bear <laughs> where it is referenced <laughs> about like the World Series where like at the Cubs were playing in the World Series and like the other team one of the player like hit hit a foul ball um that was the guy was going to catch like the guy out in the outfield was going to yeah. catch but some like a guy in the stands. Oh, yes. I've seen this video. Obviously, yeah. Like reached out to catch it instead and they like hit gloves and the guy didn't catch the ball as a result of it. Yeah. Anyways, didn't know. I didn't know about that until the, I, like I think like you were saying, as soon as they told the story, I was like, oh, I think I have seen photos of that moment. Yes. But I didn't know the story. Anyways, that's a wild story. So if you think that you can't play professional baseball <laughs> and that you're just in the stands watching, turns out. Yeah. That you can play if you just reach your arm out if at the right moment. You could have an game. impact on a World Series game. <laughs> Huge thanks to Card Kingdom as well. They have an effect on the World Series of our hearts. Um, we love that. I thought that you were just going to say that they had an effect on the World well, Series maybe of they baseball. Do. Uh, you know, you never know. Like maybe the players play magic and they played yep. a really great game of magic before they played their World, world Series game and it made them play better. You know, it yep. could happen. That could happen. You can check them out at cardcamer.com slash GLHF. You can now buy the Doctor Who Commander decks that just came out, everybody. Ooh. I know. They, they look cool. They look very, very cool. I really want to try them. I've yeah. heard good things. A lot That's of a, vibe. a lot of people really liked um, the Warhammer Universes Beyond Commander decks, and I've been seeing mm -hmm. people say that these ones are just as good as those. So it's, uh, it's piquing my interest. So yeah. I think I might get my hot little hands on some of these Commander decks, uh, courtesy of Card Kingdom. That's great. You know, Universes Beyond Commander Team knocking it out of the park. Seriously. Two for two. Two for two. And after our show, you know, like 10 for 10. 10 for 10. <laughs> All right, everybody. It is time for the randomizer here on Good Luck <laughs> High Five, where we hit the random button on scryfall.com and try and guess what the card does based on the art alone. What do you think of this uh, image, Megan? I, I am kind of in love with this art. Yeah, I think it's great. This art is great. So um, we are looking at in the foreground is like a castle wall. Um, and it, that's like nearby. And then kind of on the right side of it, you're looking out over the rest of a city. Yeah. With like some additional towers and stuff. And there's a bunch of different kind of like knights, you know, herald pennants hanging on this wall. They're all different designs. And out of one of them, like an ethereal angel is like coming out of one of these pennants. Yeah, sh she's ghosting, you know? Yeah, she she is like an ethereal ghost coming alive from some of the elements of this pennant. It's very cool. Yeah, this art is pretty fantastic. Uh, art by Andrew Robinson. What do you think this card is called and what it does? Um, Wow, I'm going to call this... Um, Harold Animant. Animant. Wow. What a name. Just pulled yeah. one out of the pouch. H E R A L D A N I M A T E. Harold Animate. Got it. Um, I'm, I'm going to say that this is a, uh, this is three mana mm -hmm. uh, for an artifact. And when it enters the battlefield, you can name a creature type, and creatures of the, creatures of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. 
and you can pay two and it becomes a two-two of the chosen creature type. You know what? You calling this an animate is like very, very telling and you having it become something. I don't know how you got that from the art, but that is in (laughs) fact what this card does. I'm sending it to you right now. This card is Veiled Apparition. It's from Urza's Saga. It's one in blue for an enchantment. Uh, I'm going to read the Oracle text because the original text is very silly. When an opponent casts a spell, if Veiled Apparition is an enchantment, Veiled Apparition becomes a 3-3 illusion creature with flying and at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice it unless you pay one in a blue. Wow. Yeah. So we've had um, cards like this in, you know, in recent history that were pretty Mm -hmm. cool, but this is neat to see probably where this kind of effect started. Yeah, this is this is very cool. I mean, this card is bad. Well, yeah, it's really bad. I mean, nowadays it's like if we cast a spell, we get to make it animated and we yeah, don't have to exactly. like pay a cost or it dies. And you don't have to like pay for it at the upkeep. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm relying on my opponent to cast those spells and I have to like always pay for this thing. Not not playing this yeah. card. Mm, no. But this is why I was laughing at the original text because it says when one of your opponents successfully casts a spell, that's what it says. <laughs> like, what is what? What does that mean? Like, because the oracle text does not have it. Like, whenever whenever an opponent resolves a no, spell, no. So, <laughs> like, you're gonna cast it. You can get countered, but you have successfully but, cast it. But right? you have cast it. Maybe they just mean like if you fumble and you drop the card. <laughs> Like I don't if know. you bumble it, they're like, no. We need to get Judge Robin here on this rule because that I don't, to me, I mean, that to me says if it's not countered, but also why would I counter it? Because I'm going to get a 3-3 out of it. So like. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. What a weird card. Urza Saga. <laughs> thank you for that weirdness. Great. Um, okay, Maria. Are, <laughs> are you ready? I'm so ready. All right, here comes here comes your boy. My boy. <laughs> this is my boy. You're right. Oh my god, <laughs> I love this card. What is this? Okay, everyone. I am looking at what I can only describe as a large portrait and oil painting of a naked mole rat. Um, I think that you have accurately described what we're looking at. I think at. that's what this is supposed to be, but I don't know if it's supposed to be like a magical version of that or if it's just really supposed to be an actual version of that. It's a mole in a hole. Uh, <laughs> all we can see is the hole and the mole is poking its head out of it. Um, it does have teeth and claws and it's orange and it's got like spindly little um, nose thingies, which I think a naked mole rat does have in real yeah. life anyway. Um and it's and it's yelling. It's mad about something. <laughs> yep, it yell. <laughs> this card is just called Naked Mole Rat, and it's a uh, one in a black for a one one mole rat, uh, and you can reanimate it like a skeleton, but you can only um, do it um, if your opponent's eyes are closed. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this card is I'm 100% All right. confident um, you're going to be shocked <laughs> none of none of this is true okay well <laughs> it does look like a, a naked mole rat but it is a vug lizard what that's a yeah. naked mole rat if I ever saw one I know I know it seems to be modeled it is a lizard modeled after a naked mole rat okay for sure uh vug lizard what does this do it's one red red for a three four summon lizard (laughs) um mountain walk and echo one red red at the beginning of your upkeep if this came under your control since the beginning of your last upkeep sacrifice it unless you pay its echo cost i feel like i felt the echo in there that's why i had it be (laughs) reanimated i know it's different but i think it's kind of the same vibe yeah you felt like this naked mole rat lizard had an echo i did and also this is from urza's too. Yeah. So randomly, we both landed on two very weird and cool Urza Sagas cards for the randomizer this week. Yeah, very true. <laughs> this card is quite weird and kind of bad. Well, you do. I, mean, I, guess, I mean, you're getting a 3-4 for three mana. But you're also technically getting a 3-4 for six mana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, Bug Lizard. 
everybody. We've arrived at our main topic for the episode this week, which is the change to booster types in Magic the Gathering. This is a huge change um, and one that I think there's a lot of stuff to dig into about it. So uh, we're going to get out those shovels and start digging. Yeah, man. So in case you didn't hear, what's happening is that they are once again recombining. <laughs> once again, we're making a change. Yes, draft and set boosters into one kind of booster called a play booster, starting with murders at Karlov Manor. Yeah, so right now we have draft boosters, set boosters, and collector boosters, not yeah. to mention like jumpstart boosters, um, uh, you know, as a different kind of booster. And I remember when they made this change, I remember when they started set boosters, and I was kind of like, what? Because... <laughs> It felt a little confusing to me yes. to have a draft booster and a set booster and what exactly is the difference or whatever. Turns out set boosters, just they're just better EV, right? You're, they've yeah. got more stuff in them, so people just were going to buy them. Um, you, and you were also not the only person who was confused. Yes. No, I don't think so. Like, it turns out that also part of the problem is that people never stopped quite being confused yeah. <laughs> about which, which type of booster they needed or wanted in which situation. Right. I mean, like, cause they're, they're pretty close to each other set and draft boosters. They're pretty similar. And one is just slightly better than the other one. That is confusing, I think. So I I agree with this decision to like move to combine them into a play booster based on the 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 confusion level. You know, I just think that alone is enough reason for there only to be one type. It also turns out, right, that like there were just kind of inventory issues in addition to the fact that like set boosters were were selling a bunch and draft boosters kind of felt like they were being shoved off, <laughs> shoved off to the side into a corner. Um, it also meant that stores would be like, well, if people are buying more set boosters and we can only buy, we only have enough like, you know, capital right now to buy one or the other type, we're going to just buy set boosters because that's what people are buying. But it also means that we can't run a draft night now because we right. didn't buy draft boosters. Right. Um, so it's also just like helpful for stores and inventory management to like make sure that you can both run limited events in your shop, but also you have a type of the type of booster that people are wanting to just come in and buy single or, you know, however many boosters of to open. I do want to acknowledge something here um, that people are saying, which is true, which is that Wizards of the Coast created their own problem, which they are now solving. Right. Because they created set boosters they did not have to do that at the same time that they created collector boosters making giving themselves three boosters and giving themselves a problem which was that set and draft boosters were too similar right and that people were just going to end up buying set boosters because of the greater uh, ev that those those boosters had so they created their own problem and now which you know shuffled draft boosters off to the back and now they are solving their own problem by deleting draft boosters and only having set boosters and a lot of the more cynical um, in the community, or, you know, I, maybe that's not even fair, but whatever. Some people are saying, hey, they created their own problem, they solved their own problem, and the the end result is we now have to pay more for these new play boosters, which are going to be more expensive than traditional draft boosters were. Now, I don't think that the company went in and said, hey, I know what we're going to do, twirled their evil mustache and said, we're going to introduce set boosters and that will cannibalize the market and nobody will uh, take draft boosters anymore. And then we can just get rid of that and make people pay more because I don't think that's how companies think like that far down the road of being evil. <laughs> like they could have just introduced play boosters from the get go is what I think they would have done if they had wanted to. So what I'm saying is I don't think we would have ever gotten away with there not being a change to what we think of as the draft booster because uh, people at the top were interested in giving people more value into their, into the, you know, I'm going to put quotes around this, the generic booster experience. So like, I think it was inevitable that this kind of thing was going to happen. And um, I don't think it was like a, a nefarious, like we're going to make a problem and then we're going to solve the problem kind of pipeline. I think that's just 3D chess that the companies aren't playing. They're just trying to make a profit and trying to make a better product that more people will want to buy. And that's now how we end up here with play boosters. So you could make the argument, you know, can we accomplish that by only having collector boosters and normal draft boosters? And I don't know the answer to that, honestly. Like maybe maybe we could, maybe that would be fine. Um, and we don't need to have this souped up play booster. But, you know, I'm going to leave that for down the road a little bit until I s kind of see how this 
experience, this new play booster experience affects draft, affects sealed, and make my judgment call, I think, a little bit later then. Uh, but I'm rambling now. Uh, talk to me, actually, about what is in a play booster, Megan. Yeah, so there's going to be, of course, slots one through six, just normal commons. Just your bread and butter. What makes a, truly what makes a booster? Exactly. It is commons. There will be uh, at least six commons. This can include booster fun commons. And that means like the cards that have special art treatments or whatever, like extended art. And then slot seven is going to be either another common or a card from the list. And that'll, the breakdown of that is like seven eighths of the time, it's going to be a common and an eighth of the time, it'll be a card from the list. Yeah. And this is actually another huge change that's coming along with these play boosters. Um, put Because we did have the list cards in set boosters. That was part of what made a set booster a set booster. But the list was huge. It was like 300 cards that you could possibly pull if you got a card from the list in there. And now they're pairing it way, way, way down to be 40 cards. 40, which is so many less than 300. (laughs) Truly is. Truly is. Like comically less than 300. (laughs) Um, There will be like some of those will be the special guest cards, which are reprints with the new art that's like thematically tied into whatever the set is. And then 40 of the reprints will be without new art, 30 common or uncommon, and 10 rares or mythic rares. Yeah, and we've already seen what those special guest cards might look like because those were not waiting until, for. well, did we say this? We probably did. This is going to start with Murders at Carl of Manor, everybody. Yeah. And we have, um, but special guest cards are starting with Lost Caverns of Ixalan. And we've talked about those already a little bit on the upkeep. We've shown off some of those. So those are going to start a little bit earlier, but then they're just going to ramp up into being a normal thing in these play boosters starting with the introduction of play boosters in murders at Carlove Manor. Yep. Uh, So that takes us into the next set of slots, eight through 10, which will be uncommons. All right. Once again, bread and butter (laughs) booster staple. (laughs) Then slot 11 is going to be your rare or mythic rare. Slot 12 is going to be your land just like normal. Slot 13 is going to be a non-foil wild card. And what that means is anything from the main set, uh, including booster fun, like uh, extended art or art variants. Um, And this could also be a rare mythic. Yep. And then uh, slot 14 is a traditional foil wild card, once again, of any rarity. All right. And slot 15 is not playable slot. So this is going to be the like little token you might get in your pack or your play aid card. It has a 30% chance to be an art card and a 5% chance to be an art card with a signature. Uh, so the more eagle-eared among you may be saying, oh, that's only 14 playable cards in a pack. That's correct because normally that's there's right. 15. Yeah, so there's obviously some some big changes that come with this. Um, one of them, like Maria said, is that there's only going to be 14 playable cards per pack. Uh, they feel like they've they've started to work on mitigating the impact of that in draft by just saying like there's just going to be fewer unplayable draft cards. Yeah. Hey, I'm all here for that because we've all been there, right? You're at the end yeah. of the draft and you're passing around these five cards that literally nobody's going to put in a deck ever and they yep. all suck. Yep. <laughs> so if we can cut down on that uh, feel bad happening, I'm here for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they could have up to four rares or mythics in each of these play boosters. Yeah, so we talked about how they could be um, the traditional foil wild card, the non-foil wild card, your normal rare and mythic, and a card from the list. Those could Mm -hmm. potentially all be rares or mythics. So there is the possibility that you get a pack that has four rares in it, or four mythics. Yeah. Um, In draft, this is, you know, somewhat mitigated by the fact that you can only take one card out of a pack. (laughs) For now, until Wizards change that on us. (laughs) So it's sort of like, they're like, do you know what, draft, we think that this is going to be pretty okay. Yeah. Like, it's it's not going to be a huge change to the power level of draft. However, sealed is obviously a different story. Because if you open one booster that has four rares in it, (laughs) and you just have four rares... (laughs) 
that's something. That's something. So that is something. Uh, Mark Rosewater wrote about this change on Daily MTG. You can go read his article about it. But he says um, Play Design has been testing drafts with this new pack in mind, um, and that they feel like it's going to be fine um, because of what Megan said, and because they are now designing with play boosters in mind, meaning that they're going to print more answers for those rares and mythics that you might find more of around the table at lower rarities. So at common or uncommon, you'll have better answers more often in your packs to deal with the potential of having too many rares running around. However, that being said, sealed, I mean, you're opening six packs like... Yeah, that could make a big difference. It could make a big difference. I truly don't know what it's going to mean for Sealed, everybody. Yeah. And I mean, I will say, sign me up for a format that has better answers at cheaper yeah, rarities. Seriously. Or at, yeah, at lower rarities. Uh, I love me a uh, removal heavy draft format. I really don't want us to slip into prints only formats because we have so many rares and mythics running around that they yep. really are too important and they skew the draft and all that kind of thing. So I, I, that's what I hope does not happen. And I'm sure other draft lovers will agree, but I, I am confident that they're aware of that and they're working to make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen. Yeah. And when Maria says a Prince draft format, what she means is, you know, there's kind of these like two ways that a format can go, which is a Prince format, which just means that it's, it's kind of determined by the bombs that you open. Um, your de- the quality of your deck skews more towards, hey, did you open a good rare? Um, do you have a prince <laughs> in your deck? Do you have a, do you have a, a sweet, sweet rare? Um, or formats where it's like, oh, it's more about synergy or it's more about did you build a cohesive and good draft strategy? Right, exactly. So yeah, all this to say, you know, I'm not not worried about how the draft format will change with the introduction of play boosters. I, you know, I do have confidence that Wizard says, you know, we're testing this and it seems fine. You know, I'm not going to put 100% confidence in that, right? Because it's a small sample size of people who are going to be testing this. Um, I am worried, you know, that it that it might change the thing that I love most about the game, right? Because uh, that's how we both started playing Magic was through Limited. And it's such a fantastic entry point for a lot of people to get into this game and something that a lot of people ended up end up loving better than any other way that they play Magic. And it's just, it is just such a wonderful and unique thing that the game has uh, such a strong hold on. And I would would absolutely die if we, if we lost that. Um, so I do want to say, you know, I am worried. I, I'm hopeful that it will be good. Um, we talked about the possibility of opening four rares or mythics, which I admit will be extremely rare <laughs> to happen in these packs. But I also want to call out the fact that we are losing a common, um, which is not nothing in, in, in draft, right? Commons are the bread and butter of the format. I mentioned how, like, I personally think it'll be good that we lose less playable cards, that there's less um, junk going around the table. Some people disagree with that. So I'm going to, you know, hold my final opinion on that until we see what actually happens. Um, But losing a common, yeah, maybe that will be end up being a sad thing because when you have a great synergistic draft format, which sometimes can be based around really interesting or unassuming commons, that can be an amazing format and that can be amazing strategy in that format. So I want to hold off on, on that too because that might end up being more impactful than I'm currently sitting here thinking that it's going to be. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Drafts will be three to four more dollars expensive as will sealed events because the play boosters are more expensive than draft boosters were. Right. So Wizard says, um, they're like, yeah, it is going to be more expensive. However, you are essentially getting the same bang for your buck because these packs will have the more opportunities to open better cards. So the value is going to be there for you for the money that you're spending. However, some people are like, you know, that doesn't matter to me as somebody who loves draft, right? I just want more people to be able to draft, more people to be able to access draft, especially Mm -hmm. in non-US countries. So the price increase is not worth it. And I would rather just have a draft booster. Yeah. And those are also people who are saying, like, if you really enjoy draft, who are more worried about the impact of having more rares in a pack, potentially for limited, Um, which I think is a super viable concern. It's like, yeah, they, of course, they've play tested it. Um, but at the end of the day, they're they are a, a limited team of people. They don't have an endless supply of people. <laughs> a testing. limited team of yes, they are a limited team of people. You might say. 
<laughs> and and so it's like, yeah, they they feel like they've mitigated it, but it might be that this gets out into the world and it turns out that it's like not as good of a draft format or draft isn't as fun of an experience as it was before, which is certainly a concern. Yes. And Mark Wa- Rosewater addressed this concern saying, hey, you know, we could be wrong. <laughs> R&D has been wrong before many times. And that's the thing about magic is that we're able to respond to things, right? We're not a closed system. <laughs> we yeah. can change how we figure like this is a huge change. We could change it again. We could say, mm-hmm. oh, this is a problem that's happening in draft or sealed or limited generally. And now we're going to address it as we move forward with these play packs. So things can be changed. Nothing is set in stone, everybody. And they're going to be constantly working working on this, which does make me feel better, honestly. Yeah. And I have also heard from a fair number of casual players who are like, do you know what? If I can buy fun boosters that are still are like fun to open, it doesn't super matter to me. So I am fundamentally pretty fine with this change. Yeah, I would. I want to ask you, how do you feel about this change overall, Megan? You know, I think like you, I'm most intrigued by cutting from 15 to 14. Yeah cards and like seeing how that plays out and and the increased like potential for rares i feel like there's part of me that's like it's going to be okay at the end of the day right they have made changes and stuff is generally like you know shaken out well enough (laughs) but but also there's some part of me that's like what if part of the strange like you know magic of a draft is that it was 15 cards. Like, what if there's something right about the number 15 for draft, Maria? And then that was it. And then we broke it. <laughs> what if changing away from 15 is what breaks it? I don't know. I mean, this is the biggest change to draft in our magical lifetimes. Yeah. It like, it's is. a big change. Like, how is it going to play out? I don't think anybody can say one way or the other before we experience it. With murders yep. at Karlov Manor. Like, you can have your opinion, but I don't think you can be right or wrong until yeah, we actually until we, do it. You know what I mean? Until we know you're either right or wrong, you can be neither right nor wrong. <laughs> it's a Schrodinger's cat situation here. Oh, yeah. Um, but the I'll, draft format is both alive and dead. Yeah. <laughs> I I would say that... Um, Look, I, I'm I'm of uh, so many minds all at the same time, right? Because I'm thinking of it as a business. I'm Wizards of the Coast, okay? And I have to make this decision. I don't know who made the decision to make set boosters in the first place because I think that was a bad decision. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> when you're listening. But I, I fundamentally think it's too confusing, right? We just yeah. don't know the difference. There's not They're not different enough. I think whoever decided to make collector boosters is a genius. And I think those two people might be the same person. So, <laughs> look, we contain multitudes. Uh, but... <laughs> As a business decision, I think you have to do it, right? Set and draft boosters, they're too similar. It's too confusing. And if you have one of your products that is just straight up not selling because another one is eclipsing it, you have to make a change. You, yeah. you can't. I mean, you could argue that you could just go back to draft boosters, but I don't know if that's going to be the decision you're going to make when set boosters are selling way better than your draft yeah. boosters, right? Um, so I understand from the player in me standpoint, uh, the fact that we're going to get uh, different kinds of packs. I don't know. I'm not truly too worried about it because they say they're working on, they say they're going to balance it. The fact that they will cost more to do a draft does bother me. Inside you, there are two wolves, one invented set boosters and one invented collector <laughs> boosters. They're the same wolf. They're the same wolf. <laughs> You might be asking yourself, how is this going to work on Arena? Well, play boosters are going to be the thing on Arena too. Uh, the only difference is the cards that show up as part of the 40-card list are going to be different on Arena. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, good news, the price of a draft there is not going to change. No, that's going to be the same, everybody. So um, I guess all of us pourers are going to be drafting on Arena. <laughs> that's just going to going to be how it's going to have to work. Uh, but they're going to you know, make their list match up with the Arena formats, just like the paper list is going to match up with what people play in real life. Um, curious to know what you all think out there in listener land of this change. It's a big change. Let yep. us know in the video comments or on any of our socials or in the Patreon Discord. We'd love to hear from you. You may have noticed uh, that the Doctor Who pre-cons are now out for Commander lovers out there and fans of Doctor Who. Yeah, I cannot wait to to try some of those decks. Like, they look really cool. I've been hearing that they're really fun to play. Yeah, like, I'm also, I'm really happy for the team that made the, like, the team making the Warhammer decks and the Doctor Who Commander decks. Yeah. Like, just, ni- what a nice track record. 
And what a fun project to work on, honestly. Yeah, exactly. I've seen a um, lot of the cards coming out, um, and some of them are tr- are truly beautiful and really, really cool. So yeah, I'm here for it. But, you know, it's time for us to address the fact that there are some fandoms out there, some wide-ranging, some huge fandoms uh, that we that we could be potentially, you know, successfully collaborating with. And yes. why aren't we? Why aren't we? And, you know, I, I've often said that Megan and I are the tastemakers of uh, Magic the Gathering. And I oh, feel yeah. like... <laughs> Our, our taste is second to none. And yeah. uh, we've got some ideas for some universes beyond collaborations that we just want to throw out there into the ether and see if they just happen to manifest. Yep, absolutely. All right, Maria, let's yeah. kick it off. Like, let's start biggest idea, best idea first. Okay, great. Why is there not a Star Trek universes beyond already? <laughs> great question. Great question. There should be. I, I, you know, maybe they're working on it. We don't know. Maybe. But a in- person can only hope because <laughs> I would... I would lose my mind over, and, and I'm in the same way that I know many people lost their minds over Doctor Who. Yes. Secret yes. Lair or Universes Beyond. I would I would absolutely be over the moon. I think that, okay, this is so smart from so many angles, right? Yes. There's an endless depth of stuff to pull from in the Star Trek universe. It's like yes. infinite, right? There's, yes. you can do whatever you want. Uh, two, the people who like Star Trek are nerds, okay? Are Big, big nerds. nerds, big like, nerds. Big They're nerds. the kind of nerds that play board games. <laughs> so exactly. There's nerds that don't play board games, which I would honestly put the Doctor Who fandom into, right? Yeah. But I think the Star Trek fandom is nerds who play. That board they games. play a lot of board games. <laughs> don't ask me why I think that. I just think that it's true. <laughs> I'm thinking that it's true. I feel like gut. My gut says that's true. I mean, like think about it. Star Wars fans. Those fans are nerds. Do yeah. do they feel like the fans that play board games to me? No. I, those fans are the Star Trek fans. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? The Star Wars fans, I'm about to alienate so many people. <laughs> okay, let's go. Really hope you enjoyed having a listenership, Maria. <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Star Wars fans are Legos fans. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I don't I know it. why. I feel it. But I just feel it, right? Don't you feel it? I definitely feel it. It's probably because there is a Star Wars Lego cross. Like, I mean, like, probably. There's just, like, uh, I just think that Star Wars fans are Legos fans. And Star Trek, Trek fans, fans are board game fans. Are board game fans. <laughs> so, like, what we're saying is you have a big market. You've got an endless depth to pull from. And you probably have a... What's I don't know the company that owns Star Trek. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, the IP. I feel like they want to work for, with you because yeah. they're doing a whole bunch of new series and stuff right now. So they yeah. the more the the more the merrier is what I like. Say. Star Trek is having a resurgence. Like Lower Decks is great, absolutely, and is like one like branch of Trek. And then you also have Strange New Worlds, which is so good absolutely. and a completely different kind of Trek. Just do it. Just do it. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay. Um, it's going to be a commander release. So we're going to have four new commander decks, and we're going to kick uh-huh. it off with uh, the various series as commander decks. So yes. the original series, you get your own commander deck, and Kirk is your commander. What do you think? Uh, obviously. Pretty good, <laughs> huh? Kirk is your commander. Yep. You get um, Space Lincoln. That's a card in that set, you know? Yes. You get. You have Spock in there. Uh, the like, fight card shows the Gorn fight. It, it's going to yes. be great. Oh, my gosh. I would... <laughs> I would love a fight card that showed the Gorn fight. I mean, uh, I think it would be Throw incredible. Boulder. Then you're going to have a- your TNG deck, okay? That's oh. your, your Picard's your commander. Yes. Okay. Great. Then you have Another- your, your Voyager deck, all right? Janeway's Great. your commander. <laughs> Great. And then um, and go for it. Then you have your Borg deck. Yeah! Like... You know, I feel like the Borg are meant to be a commander deck in Magic. I think they are too. They feel the, like a commander deck. The Borg are great. Like You're they're a great villain. Enemy. Yeah, absolutely. They're an all-time villain. You're saying this and I can already see the deck floating before my very eyes. Exactly. Like you have the Borg Queen. Oh. Uh, like you have the Borg Cube. Oh man. It's just like it could be all about like different automatons. Or it could be about like taking your opponent's permanence. It could be about so many things. I think it would be great. I think this is a fabulous start. Um, we haven't even gotten to the other series because you could do a whole new other set yeah. of commander decks featuring DS9, which I'm putting these in a different category because I think DS9 kicks off a new category. Yeah. Honestly, is how it feels to me. You could do Strange New Worlds. You could have a lower decks commander deck. 
Yes. If you're a freak, you can make an enterprise one. <laughs> <laughs> no one buys it. Nobody buys that one. Nobody buys the enterprise. You know, I'll just throw it out there. <laughs> you can do a different enemy if you want. A discovery? Discovery? Okay, sure. <laughs> you could do a Romulans or Cardassian, yes. like the big bads deck or something like that. Yeah. Or I feel like, or you could do one that's like, oh, I feel like you could do a cool like allies and enemies. Like yeah, you could have- totally. You could have like a like a Vulcan and Klingon. You could have like a Cardassian and a Romulan. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of possibility. There's so many great possibilities for individual cards that you can make too. Like making a card called Make It So, I think would be just like so beautiful. And it's like yes. a wish card, right? So you can go yeah. and get something out of your deck or your sideboard. Um, making your vehicles, your ships as vehicles in the world, yeah. I think would be awesome. I um, think um, you have on here boldly go yeah, as boldly a card, go. which I think would just be like a classic, like a cultivate effect yes. or like it, like so you go I. and you get a win and you put it into the battlefield. Yep, exactly. Classic boldly go. I just think Star Trek terminology lines up with magic terminology in a way that makes sense and can translate easily into this new format. Absolutely. So it's a winner. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Okay, great. <laughs> That's our biggest pitch to you, everybody. Yes. Um, we now are, we have a few more. What we will acknowledge are more niche pitches. Well, sure, sure. But they're you know no less. They're no less great. No, they are still bangers. Still all bangers all the time. Well, if oh. you've been listening to our show over the past couple of episodes, you might have known noticed a new hyperfixation that's entered yes. the chat. <laughs> um, we, the only reason we have not been talking about the X Files is because I am currently not watching it while I am traveling. Oh, what are we gonna do without our X Files updates? I know. Don't worry, there will be more when I'm back. Okay. But like right now we don't have any. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but obviously we have to tell you about obviously. an X-Files universes beyond. Obviously, everybody. I mean, think about it. You could have a Scully deck. You could have yes. a Mulder deck. Um, I, then then the other ones that I've, I made up, two other kinds of decks, which are the cover-up deck, which is anything in the myth arc. Great, right? great. Like anything about cover-up and then a, the truth is out there deck. <laughs> so... What's the Scully deck look like? I feel like, okay, you can, I, this was just my initial vibes. Go for I it. I feel like Scully is Esper. Yes, I agree It's like you. white, blue, black. Yep. Uh -huh. And then Mulder is white, blue, red. Ooh. Okay. What do you, why do you pick white, blue, red for Mulder? Um, because I think that he is like, he's still, he still is white. He's just guy. Exactly. Like in my mind, he has like that, um, he is doing what he believes is right. Correct. Right. He's, he's yeah. doing this not as a selfish thing. He is like, it is correct for people to know more um, and they should be able to have these truths available to them. And I feel like that's also the blue part, right? It's yep. like, oh, he's searching for information. And then red because he's just, <laughs> he's just impulsive He's, he's impulsive. Sometimes. Yeah. He's impulsive. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas, I, I like him as Jess guy. Exactly. Whereas Scully is like the same, like white blue, right? She's still doing like the searching for information and believing that it is important to find the truth. But also I feel like sometimes there's like a little bit of black in there. That's like a little bit like not sure where her alliances lie sometimes or yeah. like not quite sure who she should be, you know, like giving this information to, or if they're, you know, I just feel like it's a little bit more iffy, iffy there. I think this is a great idea um, for some decks, and I once again feel like X-Files people um, are, are from the 90s, which is when magic was invented, so I feel like <laughs> you're hitting yeah. two nostalgias, one stone. <laughs> Get those 90s babies back. Exactly, exactly. I don't mean 90s babies. I mean 80s babies who watched the X-Files in the 90s. Yeah, in the 90s. Just to be clear. All right, All right, so we've got X-Files. What's next? Moving on to something more contemporary. <laughs> we obviously need a Fast and Furious universe <laughs> beyond. I feel like it needs... Uh, like this is the one that of all of these I'm like this would be the most unhinged for them to make but also kind of the least surprising. Yeah. <laughs> like I agree with you because it just it makes so much sense. So when we were theorizing this I said well it would have to go along with the upcoming set that's called Codename Death Race or whatever. Yes. Right? Which is about vehicles like they showed off a piece of concept art for it if you remember that that has like a vehicle in it and it's about people racing through planes or something. Yes. I mean, like, yeah, it writes that, itself. Like that, obviously, the same way 
The same way that Jurassic Park goes with Ixalan, I feel like Fast yes. and Furious goes with Death Race. Absolutely. Like so, it, it just must. Okay, we're on board. Everybody's agreeing to this plan. What yes. are you making? Okay. The pro- the there's one problem. Okay. <laughs> which is that you like a universe is beyond Fast and Furious has one deck because everyone eventually is just part of the family. <laughs> The problem is that they all become one. Like, there's no villain that stays that stay villain. Well, you know, like, think about when they did it with, like, a Street Fighter or whatever. Like, it was just a few cards or The Walking Dead was just a few cards. It was like a secret lair. So you could do it like that. But also then you still have to get. I mean, we're still talking about reskins of about 20 cards. (laughs) Because that's how large. The cast is large. That's how many people have significant roles in Fast and the Furious. Right. Like you have to have Dom. You have to have Letty. You have to have Brian. You have to have Mia. Like you have to have the Rocks character. You like you have to have Jason Statham and Charlize Theron and Giselle and Han and Roman and Tej and Ramsey and John Cena and probably like Helen Mirren's side character also. (laughs) And if one of those characters doesn't have a card, it is a disservice to the series. Absolutely. I, I'm here for this. I think this is a no brainer. Uh, and I, I just feel like, I just feel like it could happen. You know, it just is. Like I said, it's the one that if, if they announced it, you would be like, this is the most absurd thing that could happen, but also I'm not surprised right. by it. Exactly. I think that is the same reaction I would have for like sure. what a perfect dovetail of, of things that are both absurd and unsurprising. <laughs> And our final pitch uh, is also going to go along with another set. And this one goes along with the release of Murders at Karlov Manor. So mm-hmm. everybody, you're going to have to work really fast at Wizards of the Coast to, to make this happen. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm confident you can make it happen. And this yeah. is going to be a secret lair release to go along with the set, um, which is Famous Detective. Yes, Maria, this is very close to, to your heart. You are a connoisseur of the detective arc, like media. I, I am. I love a good detective story almost more than anything in this life and I love one detective more than all the other ones and that one is my man LQ Poirot and I feel like he would just be a perfect secret lair card in Murders at Karloff Matter and I would love to see him on there um, all right Maria what give me like what what are Poirot's colors oh he is he's also I feel like he is an esper color pair is, yeah. is the triad, triad triad of esper and if he's not esper he's blue white yeah um so that's what i would put him under good question though um like all of these are detectives so they're all trying to do justice so in some way they're i feel like they're all kind of white based yeah um i would say okay you don't have this one on here uh uh-huh so i'll add it at the end okay as my pitch for a non-blue detective okay great go ahead um we also have of course lieutenant colombo is going to be joining us for this famous detectives from history of course um colombo gets his hands a little bit dirtier um but you know is still trying to do the right thing in the end yeah um we've got jessica fletcher from murder she wrote is definitely yes. on this list <laughs> Uh, we also got to put Sherlock on here because yep. he's in the public domain. So we got to use him. And also famous detective, like get in there. Um, yeah. And then you're going to have a, some special bonus cards, which include Nancy Drew and yes. Blanc. <laughs> yes. We have to put like if someone didn't include Nancy Drew on a list of famous detectives, I would be aghast. I Googled famous detectives for this list just to make sure I wasn't forgetting anybody. And do you know yep. what name was on the list? What? Batman. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I feel kind you know, of complicated about that. <laughs> I would argue that, like, to some extent, they're not wrong, right? No. Like, I think especially the most recent one with what's his, what's his famous face? What's his Twilight? Yeah, what's his Twilight is especially considered, like, a reboot of Batman going back to, yes. like, the kind of detective, yeah. the, like, the P.I. roots of Batman's vibe. Totally, totally. Um, I was going to say, I feel like Natasha Leone's um, <laughs> poker face character is a not blue detective. Yeah. You, you I really, I love poker face and I love Natasha Leone in it. And I feel like that detective is not blue. She's like, not really. She's not really, de- she's not, tr- I mean, she's detecting, but she doesn't really exactly. want to. She just kind of ends up doing it. Yes. So I feel like yeah, she's, I get it. yeah. She's a non-blue detective. So I feel like this is a great uh, other category. You're going to have to get those dresses oh. hot, heat them up because yep. Carla make, them, make them happen. It would be so good. Wouldn't oh, it would be, be a so really good secret good? lair. Wouldn't it be so good? Yes. Anyway, 
yeah. So those are those are pitches. Wizards of the Coast for some universes beyond. You're welcome. All gold. All gold. If top to bottom. Top to bottom. No non-bangers. Uh, so just, you know, call us. Let us know what you think. Fast and Furious, you know that you need a set that has 20 legendary creatures. <laughs> Hello, everybody. That's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, talking boosters, talking universes beyond. If you have yeah, the universes beyond pitch, you can pitch it to us um, in our Discord or the comments, wherever you want, because I want to hear yeah. about it, you know? We we want to hear what are some what are some ones that we missed? What are some IPs that are obviously begging? <laughs> Just as, begging. As, as X Files is definitely begging to be made into a universe's <laughs> beyond set. What else? It's just obvious. It's low hanging fruit. Obvious. Let us know. Um, become a patron. Support all of our shenanigans over at patreon.com slash glhfmagic. We'd love to give you a beautiful shout out just like Jacob this week. Yes. Be, ju- because be- we think oh, you're great. Still doesn't work. Still doesn't work, you know? Yep. Uh, yep. What are you going to do? <laughs> Uh, thank you as well to our sponsor, Card Kingdom. You can check them out at cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. We love everything that they that they do. And uh, join us next week as maybe we uh, pitch another Universes Beyond idea that we forgot about today. Yeah. It could you know, happen. We can always circle back. Um, and we've got to get another TV update now that Megan is not watching the X-Files. Oh, yeah. And just get some like general TV updates about what's going on in our lives now. I'll let you all know. You know, what are we watching now? If, I, if I'm if i not watching X-Files at this moment, what am I? Oh, okay. Great question. That's a, that's a teaser for next week that I've never heard. That's a great one. It's a great one. <laughs> like I've never heard before. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. I'm clapping with my tiny hands. <laughs>